said Cup of Cubby Blue. You're, we are obviously all Phillies fans for the World Series home for Cubs news, updates, and banter. We're the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue, and you can find us wherever you get your podcasts by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue. My name is Sarah Sanchez. I write about the Cubs, former Cubs in the postseason, and more at Bleed Cubby Blue. And I am joined, as always, by the one and only Danny Rackett. How is it going, Danny? Oh, it's it's going great. You know, I just like you said, we're all Philly fans now. So uh, full disclosure, I am doing this podcast from the top of a pole. I am. <laughs> I have climbed. A, I have climbed a pole and uh, I, I will be because that's what you do when you're a Philly fan. You just like find the nearest street lamp, you know, shimmy on up and uh, cheer for your team. Maybe chug a beer while you're up there. Take your shirt off. Wave it around, you know. Okay, the Twitter video that Danny is referencing there, the, honestly, <laughs> if you have not seen it, go go check it out right now. Uh, it's definitely on my timeline because I retweeted it yesterday. But not, o- so not only did this dude like get to the top of the light pole, he got to the top of the light pole and he's up there and he's shirtless in Philadelphia and he's waving his shirt around because he's a Philly fan. And somebody says... I don't know if he asked for a beer or if somebody says that guy needs a beer or what, but anyway, like throw him a beer. He catches it from the top of the light pole and just like downs it while he's waving his shirt around. It was honestly a pretty impressive feat. I'm not going to. Hey, you know, the Venn diagram of people who can shimmy up poles and who can catch a beer on one try probably overlaps pretty well because like that's, that's an athletic gentleman in the first place. He's probably caught a few balls at his time. So, um, yeah, no, it's it's it'll be fun to see them in it. It's been a little bit of time. I mean, Philly fans are intense. Uh, they've already greased the poles downtown in preparation. Didn't for, matter. Didn't matter. Yeah, the didn't gre- matter. The they poles are all. Yeah, it does not matter. Yeah, yeah. They've learned that they, they've uh, evolved past the grease, I guess. And um, so no, it's I'm I'm happy. Especially it's like now it's we got Schwarbs, we got. Uh, they're they're just a lot of fun you know you got the schwarbs you got the nick nick the stick you got you know some of the older kind of i mean they're not older but they are older uh they're not like pool holes older you know what i mean but they're older veterans they're they've they're seasoned veterans they're seasoned players and it's it's fun to see these guys in it you know and um i don't know i am a kind of a phillies fan i never thought i would be here, here we yeah, are. no, I, I never thought I would be either. Let's talk about Nick the Stick for a second. Did you see the video of him in the locker room dancing around topless oh, yeah. with beer just going everywhere? I was like, one, Kyle Schwarber is also in that video. And all yeah. I could think is we were robbed of this in 2019 because in 2019, the Cubs were supposed to have that locker room celebration with Nick the Stick doing Nick the Stick things. And Rizzo was supposed to be there and KB and Kyle Schwarber and Wilson a lot Contreras. Of and man, that would have been cool. It's a lot of lefty fun there. That's oh. a lot of lefty fun. Those three guys, Rizzo, yeah. Schwarber and Nick the Stick. But yeah, no, but they're doing it in red. And thank God it's not Cardinal Red. <laughs> thank God least. it's not. Thank God it's not Cardinal Red. I mean, so a friend of the show, Ellen Adair, who I'm in a fantasy baseball league with, um, and is a huge Phillies fan. Huge Phillies fan. She dances uh, on Twitter after all of the Phillies wins, and there was a video of her at the game yesterday dancing to "Dancing with Dancing on My Own," which, by the way, Boston fans, you need to chill out. You do not own "Dancing on My Own" because you happen to use it in the postseason in 2021. You're starting to sound a little bit like Mets fans and Narco over that. So you just just need to chill a little bit. But anyway, there was a great video of her uh, dancing after the Phillies won the pennant. 
Um, definitely go check that out. Ellen Adair, always a good baseball follow. If you are looking for some Phillies fans to get you started, uh, we'll talk more about the Phillies in a second. I want to end um, with the with the Phillies for this part of the preview because we got to talk about the Astros and the Yankees too, and nobody likes them as much. And so that'll be the Sweet. down part of the first half of the show. And then we'll talk about the Phillies uh, some more. The Yankees fans chanted, we want Houston. And I just have to ask, are you sure? <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, they, they couldn't get them. I mean, they, they didn't do anything against them. Uh, they didn't, they didn't hit. Um, they, it looked like they were off to a good start from game on game four, which was the do or die game. They had their backs up against the wall and they got off to a good start, but they just could not pull it out. Um, yeah, it's the Yankees getting swept is hilarious. It, it getting swept by Houston is not hilarious. So it's just like the, the whole thing. It's, you know, it's, it's like who would win in a war of like Russia versus China. You're like, I don't know. <laughs> like We all both, lose. We they're all both lose. bad. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, there are no winners here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, God, I, I can't bring myself to cheer for the Yankees. It occurred to me yesterday that the Yankees winning that game would have been better for my new temporary lifelong beloved Phillies. But I, I just still couldn't bring myself to do it. I'm glad Anthony Rizzo had a great game. Anthony Rizzo knows how to show up for a do or die game. He was on base three times. He had a run batted in. He was doing all the things. He was making great plays. He he turned a double play that I have never seen turned before, where he basically, um, I, I don't remember if he caught the ball or stepped on first base, but Jose Altuve decided to try to take third because nobody was covering third. Where were you, Josh Donaldson? Josh Donaldson was just like out in the middle of the infield because he had gone to, they were doing like a bunt defense or something like that. I don't know. And Rizzo just like lets a ball fly towards third, hoping Donaldson is going to get back over there in time to make the play, which he does. And Altuve was out. And it was that was a sick play, man. That's a heads up type of play that you should be making in an elimination game. But it felt like Rizzo was the only one making those types of plays. Yeah, well, I mean, that's because he played with Joe Madden and they had all those weird infields they would do to guard against the bunt. And and remember when they made him change his mid around, you can't wear that kind of mid anymore. (laughs) And so you're technically somebody else is now the first baseman, you know, all that stuff. I mean, that was I think that really interested Rizzo. And it's part of what made him such a gold Glover uh, first baseman, not to mention the fact I don't know if he still can do the splits, but he could do the splits a long time. And he's a big guy to be able to do the splits. I mean, um, just a great first baseman. I don't know if you saw Joe Madden's comments um, about Anthony Rizzo was supposed to have a statue and he's like Mr. Cub like Ernie Banks. And I know that probably hurts a lot of people to I hear that. I did not but... hear this. Tell me more. I want, I want yeah, the shade. I mean, from, to, I want the tea I'll be, from Joe. to be frank, like I just saw the headline and I think it was on, uh, Cubs what are they cut there's so many Cubs podcasts including our own in the in the din of but listen cast. to ours keep listening to ours yeah listen to them all. I don't care um you know uh but and the Kaplan uh wait um Gordo one the uh the NBC one Cubs Cubs talk Cubs talk I think they had him on. I don't know this. This might be just hyperbole, but it's it seems but it seems like that's what they said in their liner notes that that's what it was. Um that it was that Madden was like, yeah, he was supposed to be that guy. Um and uh he 
and he's not going to be. And it's a shame to see him in the Yankees uniform when he could have still been on the Cubs. And like, and I, I don't know, like Joe Madden's out there, like causing all sorts of controversy right now. But um, here's my overall point. I don't really care what Joe Madden thinks about it. We're gypped out of this. We're gypped out of Schwarbs. We're gypped out of Nick the Stick. We're dripped out of Vi- Bryce Harper. If you want to like take it that far, because like, remember like Chris Bryant and Bryce Harper. He He named named his dog Wrigley before he hit free agency and he's a Philly and we should all be angry about this. Well, and the fact of the matter, we just haven't really gone after any of these guys like for a long time. And you could point to certain people like, you know, we, we, you know, you get, um, uh, say, Suzuki. I guess that's a pretty good signing, but, but it's, it's, it's not like getting Bryce Harper though. It's not like picking up Manny Machado or, or, you know, some really just kind of like over the top Juan Soto. Like we're just not in on any of these big guys, not say Anthony Rizzo is like a big guy, but like, you know, we can't even get that done. Like, and I know he took less to be on the Yankees and like maybe he screwed that up maybe somehow, but like really though, he took a higher AAV for fewer years and like here's here's the part about this people mention this on my twitter feed all the time and i'm just like i I understand what you're saying and also you are not right about this like what rizzo did not want the cubs to do and i think all of us can relate to this the cubs asked him to take a cut and pay he was making 16.5 million dollars a year they asked him to take a deal that would have put him at 14.5 million dollars a year for five years and yes They would have paid him more over the life of that contract for a longer amount of time than the New York Yankees offered him for the two-year with the option, whatever, yada, yada. But the Yankees didn't ask him to take a cut and pay. And it is insulting to give your heart and soul to a team and to literally be the face of the franchise and then be asked to take a cut and pay. That's insulting. And I'm with Rizzo on this. That's also aging in baseball as well, you know? And if, but the thing is, is that his skills are still playing quite well. So it's, it, he didn't deserve a cut and pay at least right now. Like, I don't know how you, you want to structure that on the back end of things, but in 2022, uh, he had an OPS plus of 131. He hit 32 home runs, which he hasn't done since 2017 and say what you want about Yankee stadium being a bandbox or whatever, but he also hasn't had an OPS like this since 2019. Um, so, you know, it's just like he's I don't know what kind of fountain of youth he's found, but he's 32 and he plays freaking first base. So it's not it's going to age over there just fine. The power is going to stick there at least. I mean, it doesn't seem to be fading. No, he's going to be totally fine. Yeah, he's going to be fine. I mean, it, it looks like he had Could kind of a, use 32 home runs from a first baseman, Danny. I don't know. Good well, I mean, it, you could think that maybe somebody like Patrick Wisdom could do it. Um, but not from the left side of the plate, obviously. And I don't know. We should have kept Rizzo. I'm not trying to be an apologist at all. There's no reason they couldn't have figured out a contract by which he stays uh, a Cub for, well, it wouldn't have been forever. Cause I, here's the problem. He, they sent him to the Yankees and he was an instant Yankee. They love him over there. And you know, that's an even bigger market. He's over here doing Buena beef commercials in Chicago. What do you think pays more? going out there to New York and like doing commercials for, you know, some big New York chain or something like that, or bring a beef over here. Like I guarantee you that New York money is like double. So he's fine. 
and New York loves him. And like Anthony Rizzo from New York, his dad's from New York. You know, it's like, it works out perfectly, but we got gypped out of it. And you know, it's too bad because he's a hell of a first baseman. We need a first baseman. He's got a lot of power for the left side of the plate. We need power for the left side of the plate. And that goes from Kyle Schwarber too. It makes me so sad that they let him go a for nothing. You can't even be like, well, at least we got these prospects for him. We got nothing, 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 zero things. So, uh, so yeah. So watching these games, you one you Darvish, you know, pitched very well in the playoffs. Um, he's sitting at home now cause the Padres are done, but imagine like a team with all those guys on it. You just wonder if you'd be one of the teams that would have been in it, surround them with your Christopher morales and surround them with some of the guys that did come up. You know, maybe you have something there. I don't know, but that's all just an alternate universe that will never exist. So we're, we're stuck with the, I mean, very clashy world series. I'd say, Oh, orange yeah. and red like well oh. hold on before we get to the world <laughs> series we got to finish some stuff on these championship yeah, yeah, series do. games so uh yankees fans were about as quiet as i have ever heard yankees fans in my life apparently all they were doing was literally beating up astros fans in in the concourse which dude don't do that like what is going on here and just sitting on their hands the the contrast between the games in new york and the games, even in Houston, for that matter, but also in San Diego and Philadelphia was was striking to me. Like it was the Yankees did not sound like they were in a playoff series. Their fans did not show up. Yeah, well, all. they they don't Except on Twitter to complain. Well, part of the problem is, is the original ticket that the Yankees charge and we're talking like, you know, from the Yankees themselves, it's like two hundred dollars or more. For nosebleeds. And that's a pretty big stadium. Like it's pretty high up and they're charging a lot for it. I know they got a fair amount of season ticket holders, stuff like that by the end. And the weather was kind of crap. Like they had a bunch of rain throughout all these series and they had a couple rainouts, definitely some delays. And they played this one in the rain, didn't they? Uh, they they had a delay. Or no, that was they Phillies. had a delay. Phillies the was, Phillies played in the rain. They had a delay. Yeah. So they they're all over the place. But um, you know, and then they had that game where they made everybody sit out there and uh, in the rain, char- charged them for, you know, $20 a beer. And then uh, they canceled the game after they paid, you know, 75 for parking. I mean, people are dropping like hundos all over the Bronx just for a rain out. So I, and so I, by the time that they're at the losing uh, three games in a row, about to get swept, it does not surprise me that those tickets on StubHub ended up at like $25 because it's just not worth it. And whoever bought it and has thought they could, you know, flip it and make some money. And then this was one of their losses because it's like, it's just, they didn't provide a very good fan experience out there. And the Yankees, I think they hit 125 in this series or something like that. They were saying on the broadcast. So I, I mean, didn't, how I can you look, get into a game, you know? Okay, well, I'm going to push back on this Yankees situation for, for in one second. But I didn't look at the final tally. But I, in the first three games, the Yankees struck out 41 times. Which yeah, is like, just like, that is bonkers, man. That's like some Cubs. That's like some 2020 Cubs Judge, strikeout numbers there. Aaron Judge got booed. The guy hit 61 in the regular season. 62. 62. 
then gets booed at like one of his last at bats in the playoffs because he he stunk. I mean, he he let he left it all in uh, either the other series or the the regular season. Oh, but uh, here's Rizzo, what I want to push. Rizzo was good. That was it. Harrison Bader was good too, unfortunately. Oh God. Ugh. But yeah. the Harrison Bader is, I, he's just going to be one of those guys who only plays for villain teams and I'm okay with it. Um, The thing I want to push back on about this Yankees thing with like the ticket prices and all the other type of jazz. Yeah, I get it. Like the ticket prices are high and it's hard to get there and there was a rain out and whatever. And you know what else? The Cubs ticket prices for the 2017 NLCS were pretty high and there was a rain out on Jake Arrieta day and like we all sat in the rain and then we had to go home and then we had to come back and like Arietta wound up shoving and it's the only reason the Cubs didn't get swept in that series. They took the game, the series back to Los Angeles and lost there. Cubs fans were loud in that game. Cubs fans showed up in that game. They were down 3-0 and they had, they had just sat through a rain out and they had done all this stuff and we showed up and nobody got booed. And in fact, I, I remember the, OV, o, the standing ovation that Jake Arietta got. And it, it was impressive, man. Like you heard that down the street. You probably heard it on the Lakeshore trail. I would not be stunned if you could hear Philadelphia fans better in New York than you could hear New York fans. That's how loud Philadelphia yeah. fans were relative. I to agree. New York fans. No, I mean, I, I will say that Yankees fans were definitely soft and even their own broadcasters were commenting on it and how the crowd has been taken out of the game. And they were just kind of explaining it away by the fact that they weren't doing anything to get the crowd into the game. So, you know, it, it's like even, so even if you're losing to, you can support them, but like, if it's not, if it's not like, you know, working, you just, you know, you, I, now here's the other thing is, and, uh, a lot of cup fans, I remember in 2017 when the Dodger, the Dodgers celebrated on our fields in that NLCS and, uh, to, to go to the world series, there were cup fans leaving in the sixth, seventh or they even sang take me out of the ball game. They weren't sticking around for, to watch the end of it. Um, so, I mean, we do have, I mean, but I agree that like Yankee fans, here's the thing. They don't, didn't used to show up until the NLCS. Like they wouldn't even NLDS tickets were easy to get. I would, I went to some NLDS games cause I'm like, Oh my God, it's only $30. If this was at Wrigley field, that would be 150. And in, so, or more. So, um, yeah, Yankee fans, they they are a little fickle that way. They are. They'll they'll boo their own mother. <laughs> they, they totally will. would. I agree with that. Um so the last interesting thing to talk about with that ALCS and then we can uh talk about the NLCS a little bit more before we take a quick break and preview the World Series. The Astros have yet to lose a game in the playoffs. Yeah. They have swept all of their opponents. This yeah. Astros team I don't like them even a little bit at all. I saw a poll with like 7,000 replies on it on Twitter earlier today that had uh, 75% of fans cheering for the Phillies. But like, I don't know, man. They've been in the ALCS every year since 2017, 2016. I, it doesn't even matter, man. The the uh, This Astros team is like, you got to respect them even if you hate them, I think. Yeah, I mean, they're put together really well. I mean, the only good thing about any of them uh, or if they win would is the dusty thing uh, that dusty yes. will, will get his ring. 
But yeah, they're put together so well. They drafted well. They developed well. They signed well. I mean, they didn't they did even spend... all the things we were promised, Danny. Yeah, no, this is if you Astros tanks, they invented it almost. You know, they were the first tankers, and then they were a little ahead of us in the in the tank parade, and then the Cubs tanked right after them. And that was just the method that they were going to go by. The Astros were able to keep it there. And well, they've, they've held on. I don't know any of the contract situations on their team, but they've held on to some of their guys for quite some time, you know, longer than the Cubs were able to. I don't know if like it or, or like they let go of guys at the right time. Like uh, when they let like Jeremy Pena, who's like playing out of his mind right now, well, well, they, you know, they need, let Correa they go. Yeah, yeah, they let Correa go. They're like, well, we don't need that. We'll just spend it elsewhere and get get some other. I don't know, I guess pitching is what they picked up for the most part. But um, you know, they're just like a, kind of like the poster child for doing it right. And Jordan Alvarez, like be, being there in big moments and traded. Like, for Josh Fields. That was a trade with the Dodgers. That's how I'm the like, Astros got yeah, Jordan Alvarez. He yeah. might be the best hitter in baseball. I'm not even joking. So, so there's definitely some luck in there, I would imagine, to go along with it. Health is a big thing. Um, you know, but they're doing it really well, despite having cheated to win before. Oh my God. Speaking of uh Friend of ours from True Brew, True Blue LA, not True Brew LA, True Blue LA, uh, retweeted a video from 2020 with Gritty banging an Astros trash can. And I, I just have to say, my favorite part of this World Series is already all of the Philadelphia content that is definitely coming our way. It's, it's going to be amazing. And I hope the Phillies win just because I don't want the Astros to win. But even if the Phillies don't win, Gritty, the fanatic, Abbott Elementary, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. This is going to be lit, Danny. This is going to be like content Christmas. Yeah, no, it's going to be great. And Sh- just like Schwarber, Nick the Stick, dancing there. Bryce Harper, man. Bryce, Bryce Harper. Harper. And the, all, all three of these guys like together, it's just really is like an unholy trinity there. And like, and uh, they're just a lot of fun. I mean, they're easy to root for because it, it feels like, you know, your dad's company softball team. <laughs> it really <laughs> That's a great uh, analogy. Let's take a quick break for our sponsors. On the flip side, we'll talk about why we're cheering for this gritty, uh, no pun intended, Philadelphia team, and we'll preview the World Series. But first, a quick break. I think you nailed it with, like, it's your dad's beer league softball team. Like, I was watching Harper and Schwarber and Castellanos and Hoskins and JT Real Muto and how they all interacted and anytime something huge happened and the ways that they celebrated and and everything. And they're fearsome, man. Like they are just kind of like, we are going to mash and get things done and we don't care who you are. And I will say this, like the Astros may not have lost in the playoffs yet, but the Phillies have momentum and vibes. And and I want to give the Phillies some credit here because when the Phillies got swept by the Cubs, the thing Danny and I said about this team was that they lacked vibes, that they, they got swept by the Cubs because they had no vibes. And whatever vibes they were lacking when they got swept by the Cubs, they had picked up and run with all the way through the postseason because now this team is has mad vibes. Yeah, it's well, some people I guess they're running hot and cold is what it is, because I, I heard the Phillies announcers say, and let me just put this out there. 
If you get a chance and you have the radio feed on your phone or on the on your computer or whatever, listen to the local broadcasters because they know about these teams a lot better. And I'll switch back and forth between the different teams. Like I, I was listening to the, both the Padres and the Phillies and, and the Yankees and the Astros announcers in Spanish and English and just kind of flipping around and listening to different things. You pick up different things about these then they give you on a national broadcast, which if you've ever watched the Cubs on a national broadcast, you know that they say the dumbest things about your players that don't matter. So like, you know, that he's like he, in the off season, he likes baking muffins and you're like, I don't care. Like, you know, tell me about something about a season, but yeah, the vibes on this team. Yeah. They've totally turned around, but it, and, and, you know, and this goes for the whole season. They fired Joe Girardi. And so this team's in always June, yeah. running hot and cold. And so they're in third place. They they wouldn't have been a playoff team any other year that baseball has been in existence because there's, this is the first year with that extra third spot. And, the, and they got a, a three-game playoff out of being in third place instead of uh, one game, even if they had been in the wild normal wild card or a past wild card. And, but yeah, they're fun. I mean, you got um, Brandon Marsh looking like a caveman. You got, um, who's on this team? Oh yeah. Gene Segura uh, in his first postseason yeah. ever, just like doing stuff. I love, and he's like, he's like, yo, I'm going to get, I'm going to start the rally against the Cardinals. I'm going to get the game winning hit. I've never been here before. It's great. I think this might be Nick Castellanos's first postseason ever too. Or maybe he had one with the Reds, but it was like the 2020 season that totally sucked. So well, it doesn't really count. <laughs> and it gives me like JTM Real Muto is one of the best catchers in the major leagues. And it just sure. goes to show you for have having somebody who can be a veteran. I'm, I'm going to say this in a very loaded way, a veteran leader who can spark a team from the catcher position is such a valuable thing, especially when they can hit on top of being a, a very talented receiver. Gee, I wonder, I, I wonder if the Cubs have any veteran offensive minded catchers uh, in their, in their sights. Okay. I want to talk about Bryce Harper for a second, because I think that Bryce Harper, you know, he's so good that sometimes we don't, we don't appreciate what a spark plug he can be. And, you know, he came up as like this prodigy in 2015. He has this 9.3 war season with the nationals. He misses the nationals playoff run. He signs with the Phillies in 2019 when the nationals win the world series. So he like, doesn't get the whole world series thing there. They've been trying to build this thing in Philadelphia gets hurt this year uh, and has been not playing the outfield since I think May or June because he had a broken hand and had to have surgery after he got hit with a pitch or something like that. Anyway, this is what Bryce Harper has done in the postseason. This is what Bryce Harper has slashed in the 2022 postseason. 419, 444, 907. He's slugging 907, Danny. That is not wow. an OPS. That's his slug. Bryce Harper is a man on a mission. And I am not sure any I, I'm not sure any amount of Astros pitching can quiet what Bryce Harper is doing right now like the dude just looks on fire in every sense of the word and he is he has just ignited this whole team like it's crazy to watch 
Yeah, well, I mean, they, they gave him that really long contract, which you're not supposed to do anymore, and the Cubs never will do, apparently. And what is it, 13 years or something 13 like that? Years. They, they, no opt-outs. No, no opt yeah. And now so you – you want to talk about an old school baseball player, just be like, no, I'm going to stick with my town and this is going to be my team win or lose. I'm going to perform like almost, almost kind of like what Mike Trout's almost doing right now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so, I mean, it, once again, it's frustrating. Like we were supposedly in on Bryce Harper. I just, I, to watch all these guys succeed so much and just see where the Cubs are at. And I hate to keep bringing it back to the Cubs, but it is a Cubs podcast. It's just like, what is it going to take? How many of like, look, they've got a bunch of stars on their team. Yeah. You know, I don't know that we have any, we do not. I mean, so, I, I think it is, it is worth noting that like the only players the Cubs currently have on their team who are of the caliber of players that we're listing here for the Phillies, like Reese Hoskins and JT Real Muto and Kyle Schwarber and Nick Cassianos, the only guys that are in that conversation. I'm not even getting to the Harper tier because Harper's in a different tier, in my opinion, are Wilson Contreras, who will not be a Cub very soon, Ian Happ and Seiya Suzuki. Like, that's the list. <laughs> yeah. And they're valuable, but I, you know, I don't, there's no Hall of Famers in there. Like, Bryce Harper's going to make the Hall of Fame, you oh, know? Okay. Absolutely. So, do you remember when Joe Madden uh, invented uh, just walking Harper instead of pitching? That was amazing. When he, when he broke Bryce Harper in the in the was that the DS or the C? I don't even remember. Oh no, that was in the no. It was season. in the regular. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He just was like, "Well, we're not pitching to him." They walked him like twelve times in the series. Dude, I bet and, the Mariners wish they had done that with Jordan Alvarez. They might have beat the Astros in that first game of that. There series. were. A, few questionable things like that weird bunt <laughs> yesterday with the Padres losing like and I get it I guess the guy hadn't been hitting so he's like well I gotta do something yeah you try to drag it just didn't work um let's talk it, about this World Series that's coming up though because there, there's some interesting stuff going on here the thing that jumped out at me the most when I was writing the ALCS and NLCS previews is just how stacked the Astros and Yankees both really were. Uh, I mean, these two teams are head and shoulders above what either the Phillies or the Padres put together in the regular season. And admittedly, the playoffs is not about the regular season. That's why the 111 win Dodgers are sitting at home having to read think pieces in the LA Times about what went wrong with the Dodgers season. Uh, it's all about getting hot at the right time, as we have seen the Cardinals do many a time. Uh, Ellen Adair, who I mentioned earlier, told me yesterday on Twitter that uh, she she thought they sold the Cardinals devil magic in the DS and that's why the Phillies are rolling. And I was like, well, just keep it. You can just keep their devil magic. We don't need it in the NL Central anymore. The Phillies can have it. Um, but this is very much going to be a superior Astros team playing a red hot Phillies team. And the question is, can the momentum from the Phillies defeat the technically better Houston Astros. Well, they're getting iced right now. They got to sit around and think about it all week. So it's not going to, that. I don't think that helps the Phillies at all. I, I just, that's going to be kind of, I don't know if it's tough to overcome. I think it's, you know, doable to overcome, but, uh, and they're professionals, they're veterans. That's a veteran. The Phillies have a veteran uh, team. I don't know that they have a deep enough bullpen to get it done. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, the Astros just seem to be like a professional <laughs> winning team. Like, I don't, they haven't lost. I mean, you call the Phillies hot, but they've lost games. The Astros haven't even lost the game. Phillies have played more. So maybe the break does help them. I know that David Robertson, who they're definitely going to be uh, counting on towards the, at the back end of their bullpen as their closer, if they can get it to him in the game, he's coming off some leg thing that he got from celebrating one of Bryce Harper's home runs or, or Kyle Schwarber's um, somebody's home run. I think it was Harper, but yeah, it's hard to keep track of all the Philly home runs. There's been a lot of them. Yeah. They're they're mashing. Yeah. That's I was agree with you that I wish that there was a, the Padres Philly series could have gone on longer because it was more, it's going to be more fun than this is going to be, I think in some ways where you, you know, Astros just, they got tight starting pitching. They're going to be able to set it up like they want. They, you know, it's just, it's going to be tough and they're going to play in Houston to start, not Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the Phillies winning one of those games in Houston is, is going to be pretty essential to them having a shot in this postseason. I mean, I want to talk a little bit about um, pitching for a second because one of the things that blew my mind when I was looking at the pitcher leaderboards, like the team stats for the ALCS, is just how much better Houston was than the Yankees. And weirdly, what I couldn't, what kind of stunned me when I was looking at this this morning, Philadelphia has better pitching than the Yankees did. Hmm. Uh, you may not think this off the top of your head when you're like, ah, oh, yeah, the Yankees have Garrett Cole and Luis Severino and da 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 But in terms of just fan graphs war, so let me let me throw this at you. Houston was the best team for pitching in baseball. It was they had they put up 27 fan graphs war over the course of the season. The Yankees were uh, were seventh with 19.6 uh fan graphs war. The Phillies are fourth on this list. And the Phillies got 22.7 Fangraphs war out of their starters. So there is a gap there between the Astros and the Phillies in terms of their pitching. But it's nowhere near the gap that you had between the Yankees and the Astros. And I actually hadn't pulled this out yet. I'm going to do it live on TV, on on TV, on our podcast. But I, um, Danny and I can see each other. So there is a screen. <laughs> like, I didn't just make that up. But we don't, we don't release um, that, yeah, I, I knew that this would be interesting, so I'm glad I did it. So when I break that out to just starting pitching, because the if you think, remember, the Phillies have had bullpen problems all year. That's why they traded for David Robertson, gave the Cubs a pretty nice prospect in Ben Brown to make that happen. One, two, buddy, one, two. The Houston Astros have gotten 19.4 F4 from their starting pitchers over the course of the regular season. The Phillies are number two at 17.5. The Yankees are all the way down at 10. At 13.7. Yeah, that's, there's your gap. Yeah. So I actually think the Phillies can, the Phillies can go toe to toe pitching. Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, Ranger Suarez. The question for them is in the bullpen and whether they can hit these Astros pitchers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at the, uh, Brian Abreu, Hunter Brown, Luis Garcia, Ryan Presley, Ryan Stanek. None of those guys have given up a run. And I mean, they, it's a couple of them. Only, one of them guy only has Stanek only has two innings pitched, but still, if you got like those guys pitching lights out in the middle of your game, then you know you can you can get it to your closer. So man, it's it's gonna be. I mean, it's gonna be the. 
I don't know. It, it just depends because the balls fly in both of those places. Like it, Philadelphia is a, a bit of a band box. And then you've got that, uh, you know, hit it up on the train track, the Crawford boxes situation and in Houston. So, and you got some slugging teams, you got some pitching teams. I mean, to be honest, like it, it is a pretty good matchup. I mean, in the season, the Phillies were supposed to have done better. You know, they're basically kind of like the White Sox, like except for they squeaked in. Um, and now when it counts, they're able to to be the team that they were supposed to be. Like they tried to make it better. They went and got Robertson from us so that they could like lock down the back end of the, their bullpen with another veteran, not, you know, uh, so Padres went and got Hater didn't pitch in the end in the last game. So, but anyway, it just it should be a pretty good series. I like how this is is match matching up here. Yeah, it'll be really interesting. It's um should be good games. What you were saying about the Phillies and look, I'm not trying to like get ahead of myself here. Kind of reminds me of how people thought about the Braves last year. Yeah. That Atlanta team was supposed to be really good and they struggled in the first half and they were basically a 500 team and then they got hot at the right time and then they just blew through everything, including the World Series. And this Phillies team has a similar vibe to that, right? Like they were supposed to be really good. Obviously, the question mark has been the defense for a while. I'm not going to lie. That routine fly ball to Castellanos to end the game. I was like, dear God, yeah. Nick. <laughs> <laughs> dear God, don't, don't mess this up, buddy. <laughs> yeah, it just, uh, it's not pretty, Nick. It's not pretty. <laughs> but but he got it done. He got it done. It was great. He got um, it. Yeah, he got it. <laughs> he caught the baseball. Um, I do wonder. Yeah, on paper, the Astros are a much better team. I mean, I'm just looking at some of their hitters right now. These are the top uh, players by war for the Astros over the course of the season. And this is wild. Jose Altuve put up 6.6 war this season. Joran Alvarez, 6.4. Alex Bregman, 5.5. Kyle Tucker, 4.9. To put this in perspective, all of these dudes were better than the Cubs' most valuable player in Nico Horner. So, like, well, probably all, let's just put this in All the Cubs put together. <laughs> you know, so. he, the Phillies, yeah. on the other hand, only got more than five war from one guy. It was JT Romuto at 6.5. Mm -hmm. Even Bryce Harper, because he was out for so long, put up like 2.7 war. No, it wasn't good. They, they just didn't get that type of production over the regular season from their dudes. Well, that's the knock. I mean, we the Cubs swept him. I mean, that is the knock on uh, this playoff format, is that the Phillies don't belong there. Now they have a, a very real chance at winning the World Series just from getting hot, hot at the right time. And I think that bothers a lot of people. And I understand why it does. I really do. Because it's they they are an elite team. They are. They have got the guns, but they they didn't necessarily deserve to be there. They they didn't. I mean, they just they, I mean they weren't good enough. I mean, they're just, what are the 87 wins? Something like, what was it? I don't know on the year. I think 89. Hold on. I'm going to double check. 89. That sounds, 89. 89 sounds right. Which, I mean, that's a good season, but like, I mean, it's just, it's not, uh, it's not, el it's not elite. They were 87. The Padres were 89. So like, okay. the, that was the difference. It was like 200 hundred win juggernauts in the ALCS and, a couple of teams who didn't get to 90 wins in the NLCS. Yeah. So as much as everybody loves an underdog and maybe that's what they're trying to shove down our throat. Hey, you know, just get to the tournament, but that is going to make teams not go for it quite as hard, but maybe that's not true either. Just don't, I just think the Cubs will be that way. 
because the Dodgers certainly went for it money wise. And so did the Padres and the, the Phillies have been doing it and it hasn't been working out. So they were the poster child before this of what not to do and don't sign all these long-term contracts with a bunch of like, you know, uh, grizzled veterans who are on the back ends of their careers, but it's working out great right now. So it's, it's everybody always wants to take what's happening now and extrapolate it into what is the right thing to do. And it seems like right now that couldn't be more confused because all the approaches seem to be working and simultaneously not working. The only thing that doesn't definitely work is not spending any money at all. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of Crawley and I were wondering if you put the, Judd and Ricketts, please spend money. No, on the chalk writing that was up on Gallagher Way uh, this weekend during the pumpkin patch, whatever Halloween celebration thing that they did. The kids were all like drawing little witch hats and all this stuff. And then somebody had come by and begged the Cubs front office to, to spend some money this year. That That's a, a Cub fan hero right there. An anonymous one, because it was it was not me. It was not you. It was not Crawley. It's, it's somebody somebody we know, though, I bet. Yeah, well, I mean, a good idea to not get caught about when you want to do something is to not put your name on it. <laughs> yeah, um, let's get back to this World Series matchup really quick, and then uh, we can we can close this episode out a little bit early. We can talk about the World Series once it's happened. But, Danny, what are you most looking forward to here when these games finally start on Friday? Also, why why can't they just start a couple of days early? This is ridiculous. Like yeah. it is gonna a game is gonna get rained out or snowed out or something. Yeah. Well, no, it's it's stupid. Uh, they they really need to be more flexible between the scheduling and the weather, and just all they have to do is you know kind of pay their staff to be ready and on call to be able to do multiple different things, but. They just don't. It's all about the television. And that's why they, they're starting it on Friday because they know more people will be available Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday. You know, they'll have people off on the weekend to be able to watch this stuff. But I'm just looking forward to just the excitement that the World Series brings. It's uh, I'm, I'm going to enjoy it. I, I, I like seeing Schwarber in there. I, I really I spent a lot of time with in the left field bleachers, so I've seen Schwarber uh, so long. I feel I got a picture. I got a couple pictures with Kyle Schwarber, and you know we look like brothers from another mother. And he just you know just what a cool guy. You know he was at Club Four Hundred. I always remember him like chugging beer and also bidding on his own items, <laughs> like in the auction and stuff. <laughs> and he's just, just a fun dude. Like just like and so I I really am rooting for him. Um, I, I know uh, Dom pointed out, I think it was Dom, if it wasn't, I'm sorry, but it was um that it kills him that Kyle Schwarber is going to be more known as a Philly than he's going to be known as a Cub. And I think that if the, the Phillies win the World Series, he will definitely have uh, ingratiated himself to that fan base in as not in a in a pretty big way as oh, he yeah. did to uh, us, because. Uh, you know, it's what have you done for me lately? And he's been doing a lot for them. So, yeah, I am also looking forward to seeing what Kyle Schwarber does in the series. A huge fan of Kyle Schwarber. He's one of my favorite Cubs. I'm, I hate that the Cubs non-tendered him. I thought that was 
one of the worst decisions that the organization has ever made. $1.5 million, dude, $1.5 million. Like, got nothing. Uh, and I, I just have to watch Kyle Schwarber being awesome from afar. Uh, yeah, but the guy that I, I really want to see if he can keep the keep his foot on the gas in the World Series is Bryce Harper. Like, Bryce Harper is one of those dudes who, as you mentioned earlier, he's putting together a Hall of Fame career right before our eyes. We're watching it. He's still 29 years old. Like, it's crazy to think that how young he is and how many years of baseball he has ahead of him, how many more MVP awards or how many more uh, NLCS or World Series MVPs or anything like that. But he's writing his narrative in the postseason right now. Like, we are seeing what he's going to be remembered for in the postseason. There are players who are Hall of Fame players who show up in October, and there are players who are Hall of Fame players who don't, right? Like, we, I've talked about this before on this podcast with, like, John Lester and Clayton Kershaw. Like, Clayton Kershaw kind of got the rap of being the dude who couldn't pitch as well in October, even though the numbers are a little bit, like, they go either way on that one, whereas John Lester really was nails his entire postseason career. Like, you put that man in a game in October that you had to win and and he was going to win it, right? Like he was going to find a way. Um, and ironically, one of those dudes is a surefire Hall of Famer and the other one is a question mark. And it's and it doesn't matter though, because if John Lester gets into the Hall of Fame, people will look at those postseason numbers and that will be a big reason why. I am curious what Bryce Harper is going to write as his World Series narrative here. He's, he's never been to the World Series. He's played um, in the playoffs with the Nationals before, but it's going to be interesting to see if he can keep this. I, the man is slugging 907 in the postseason. If he can keep that up through the World Series, I think we might be watching Bryce Harper kick it to another level. Yeah. Uh, like inner circle Hall of Fame, not just like Hall of Fame, right? Could be. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, I never was a big Bryce Harper fan because he always struck me as a pretty boy. And you, you remember when like Jonathan Papelbaum choked him? <laughs> I do remember. Yeah, just like so Jonathan just like Applebaum is nuts by the way yeah exactly so it, obviously we know kind of who the problem is there just don't nobody should ever choke anybody you know what no i mean choking. like that should just not be your reaction even if you are mad at a guy but um yeah i mean it's he's he never did it with the nationals and that people forget that he had just been let go from that and just had signed with the phillies when the nationals won the world series that was a young man named Juan Soto that came on the scene that year at age 21 and stole everybody's heart. Um, Trey Turner, you know, he had been there a couple of years too. And now we see what he's doing with the Dodgers, but like, you know, it, it, this Phillies team, I mean, you just, the dad softball team, you just got to root for that over the, the guys who have just been, been there perennially every single year. And I have a question for you about that, that I was just thinking about. Do you think it's an advantage or a disadvantage to be in like your fifth world series in six years? Because part of me thinks that it's an advantage to be new to it in the sense that like your energy is so much higher. It feels so special and it feels like a thing that you're going to capitalize on. I think of the Cubs in 2016 versus the Cubs in 2017 and 18 and how they just, they just lost some intensity in those later years as they kept going back. And frankly, like, not trying to throw the Dodgers under the bus, but the Dodgers have had a little bit of that lost intensity too, right? It's like, it's almost like they can't hit that level they need for the World Series because they're just so used to the season going until November every single year. You wonder 
if the Phillies are going to be able to crank it to a level. And, and look, this is always obviously problematic because you want to hit that level where you're like super amped, but you're still effective, not so amped that you can't be effective. Yeah. But I wonder if it's easier to do that when you're not there every single year. Yeah, I, I could see it going both ways. It's I, I can see that it I could see this week making the ruining the Phillies vibes. I could see uh, that. Well, I thought that maybe some of the the uh, teams that had the bye week would be iced, and that happened in the NL. Didn't happen in the AL, so you can glean nothing from that. And uh, so it's just over the course of years as data comes in about all this stuff. And I, if you were going to compare the Astros to any team, you're kind of comparing them to those like Yankees teams that won uh, won so many in a row. Um, in the nineties, um, and early two thousands, and they were always hanging out there. Um, you can compare them very much to the Dodgers, except for that. They've won more than the Dodgers. Um, I, yeah, I mean, they're just like a professional, like they've got, they're firing on every single cylinder. They're put together really well. And, um, and I hope the Phillies who aren't put together quite as well beat them. (laughs) It's just like, because I want the 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 vibes to matter yeah i want vibes to matter too Uh, it looks like the assuming things go the way uh these teams have set things up so far justin verlander framber valdez christian javier and lance mccullers will be the four pitchers that the astros sort of have in play obviously these things can change or shift if you wind up in elimination game scenarios and throw days and all sorts of other stuff and then the uh, Phillies will counter with Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, Ranger Suarez, and Bailey Falter. And I, mm. I mean, one of those sounds so much better than the other. And actually, we just talked about the numbers and they're they're actually way closer than you would think they are. Yeah. Yeah. On paper, you got to hand it to the Astros, but Phillies got them vibes. Let's see if they can bring it through. Vibes and Bryce Harper with a postseason WRC plus of 271, Danny. He's 171% better. <laughs> The average hitter in the postseason. That's that's wild. That's incredible. If uh, Bryce Harper stays hot, if the Phillies are able to keep their vibes rolling right over the Houston Astros, you know you will hear about it here on Cup of Cubby Blue. In the meantime, where can people find you and all your baseball takes, Danny? Well, we'll be going live at Sunranto at the Sunranto Show uh, on all of our socials, YouTube. And uh, Twitter and Facebook, all that stuff will be going live on Wednesday night for an interactive conversation with uh, whatever the hell you guys all want to talk about as well. Uh, more uh, more uh, lamenting, I think, our terrible situation. Wonderful. Uh, if you want to find my... If you want to find my baseball takes and ideas, you can find me at, at BCB underscore Sarah. One note um, before we close out the show here, I'm headed to first pitch Arizona and the Arizona Fall League on November 3rd, which I'm really looking forward to. There's lots of cool Cubs players who I'll get a chance to get my eyes on down there in the Fall League. If there are specific uh, questions you have about the Fall League or videos of players you want to see or people you want me to keep an eye out for, definitely let me know. I'll try to get those posted on my social media, just at BCB Sarah, at BCB underscore Sarah, and I will try to find all of those for you. In the meantime, I am a temporary lifelong Phillies fan. Go Schwarbs. Go Nick the Stick. Go Bryce Harper. Beat those asterisks. Until next time.